do the rebel entrepreneur ideas, philosophies, ways of getting things done apply to all areas of life? Is this podcast really about starting a business? Or is it about creating the life you actually want to live? It's fascinating when you look at how people build businesses and how they build lives and intriguing as to why we think they're two completely different things. The extraordinary belongs to those that create it. Rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us to build cool businesses, make money, have fun and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. So welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur podcast. And I have with us one of our listeners who emailed in. I don't know if you remember the episode where I requested feedback. I was, our funding had got cut. I was having a moment of, does anyone listen to this podcast? Or is anyone out there? You know, when you just record it, it's just me and a microphone and one other person. I was like, is anyone there? Um, And a lovely person emailed me, uh, Melissa, who's here with me now. Melissa, welcome to the show. And then I'm going to like tell people what you emailed me. Okay, thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. Was a unique I'm excited you're here as well. Uh, and your email kind of said, it's taken me a bit of metaphorical, uh, it's taken me a bit to metaphorically put pen to paper, uh, but you wrote with a thank you email, thank you for the podcast. Um, and you said you've listened for a while and you don't own a small business, you're not thinking about it, and that's why you hadn't filled out the feedback form. But you have been using the tools in other areas of your lives. And I thought that was fascinating. So I wrote back and said, this sounds fascinating. Come on a show. Tell us how this applies to regular life. Tell us about you. Um, and that's kind of what I wanted to know, because I really do think it. all of this stuff is about building the life you actually want to live. I just kind of cloak and dagger hide self-development and building your ideal life behind entrepreneurship um so melissa like what inspired you to write that email and what made you think about that well i kind of felt like i owed you an email (laughs) a thank you at the very least and you asking for feedback and then not getting any made me feel a little guilty because i was like oh (laughs) it happens it happens it's part of life (laughs) But I wasn't quite sure what I was going to say. I knew I had gotten value out of your podcast and I wanted to put it into words. Mm. That was a little tricky. So when I sat down to write it, I kind of was like, okay, I'm just going to sit down and write this off the top of my head, which I did. And then I broke kind of the cardinal rule of writing you a rather long email, (laughs) which as you say, if you want people to respond back, don't do that because then they feel obligated to write a long email in return. So I didn't know. I thought maybe I'd get back a thank you so much. We appreciated it. I was just trying to be encouraging. I was thinking it was a real pity if your podcast would go away for lack of funding, because even though I don't own a small business, I would really miss it because I get a lot out of it. And I had to sit and think, what do I get out of it? What? And I started thinking about all these ways that it has affected my life. I'm, I'm at a time of life where I have young kids. 
I told you it'd be more authentic if I was sitting <laughs> at my table with my kids in the background, but that would be noisy and distracting. <laughs> so I had to make arrangements to get away by myself. But that's my time of life. And it's just not the time of life for me to be starting a small business. I started listening, thinking I would just tuck all that information away for later. You know, like someday, someday, which is still good. But I thought, okay, you know, I'll someday when I get there, I'll go back and re-listen to all of this. So then I thought, oh no, if, if Alan stops this podcast, will he still be here you know, in, in five or ten years when I'm I'm ready for this? But I am a stay-at-home mom. You know, I I quit my job to stay at home with my kids. I was in banking. I was one of those big bad lenders. I wasn't a lender. I was an assistant to the lending officers. So I was in that that big bad world. But I worked with great people and it was a good job. But my husband loves his job and comfortably provides our needs. So it's given me freedom, which in my case, maybe like like in your case of financial independence, you have a way to decide what you want to do with your time. I homeschool my children. I do that mostly. But I have a certain amount of time that I think, what should I do with this? And I could start a small business, but it's not the right time for me to be doing that. So I... But I get so much out of your podcast that I wanted to be able to just give you some encouragement back because I love that when people encourage me when I get out into projects Thank or you. doing things. Thank you. Because actually that encouragement is needed. That energy back is needed because there's a you, you put a certain amount of yourself into the podcast and throw your energy um, basically into a computer screen chatting to someone. And it does need some level of feedback back to know you're on the right direction. So I really appreciate your email. And to everyone listening, I appreciate your email, even if I didn't reply. It was a bit crazy there for a while, and I haven't replied to everyone. I'm still holding inside me a desire to go back through every email, but they keep coming thick and fast, which is crazy. So like, if I haven't replied, your email, I read every one, and it means the world to me. Um, I am interested, Melissa, you said it's not the time of life to start a business. And I'm actually fascinated by this because there was kind of one lady on Facebook I saw recently who was like, I'm done with side hustles. It's such a waste of time. I should be spending time with my kids. Um, and this particular lady I know had a good job. She was earning money and doing a side hustle as well and had kids. And sometimes I think, like, I do think about people, like, why are you running a business why are you doing this? You have a good job. You like it. You're earning money. Spend time with your kids. Do that. So what enabled you to make the decision to put down entrepreneurship for now? I think recognizing your season in life is important. I don't know if that's cliche, but I was in a, you know, married, no kids, working full-time season of life and started having kids wanted to stay with home with them, figured out that now I'm with my kids, which is great, but that's not always mm. going to be the case. They know? might grow up. And it's what life do you want? <laughs> yeah. You talk about crafting the life that you want. And I think about that, you know, I think about that a lot. So I do have a certain amount of free time for me. I've poured that into some of it into building some community, but it's a community that I get value mm. back out of. So I have to decide the amount of work and effort I'm putting in versus what benefits me. There's a lot of other things I could put my work and effort into, 
But when I'm with my kids and, you know, my husband and our family and homeschooling, what what needs do I see? What things do I want? How can I make those things happen? And in my case, I've cre- so promoted community, you know, in a way of doing that. Um, and it's not something I get money out of. Now, I did one year decide I was going to tutor. I was going to teach a class. And I taught high schoolers Spanish one and did a full high school class. But my kids are younger, so it didn't directly involve my kids. But I did that for a full year and it went really well. I got good feedback. The kids liked it. The parents liked it. And I got to the end of the year and I realized, oh, my kids got the short end of the (laughs) stick this year. (laughs) So I, I mean, I charged enough to make it worth my time. So that was good, but I got to the end of the year and I'm like, okay, I put the, my first effort into the people that were paying me, you know, to show up and do a good job and, you know, have, present a good class. And, and then I taught my kids after that fact. And I was like, oh, that's not, that's not right. You know, I can't do that. So I didn't offer that again. I just did that for one year, did a good job and stopped because I was like that, that was in a way a mini experiment because I knew I could make money doing that. I knew there was a demand for it. I knew I had the experience to do it and I enjoyed it. I like teaching, but it didn't. And ultimately it didn't fit in with what my life is at at this point. So now when my kids hit high school, I'm like, oh, well then I might think about offering more high school classes and get paid for it. But then my kids are also getting that benefit out of it. You know, it's, it's just been a, a recognition I guess, of where you're at and what's right for right now. Um, I love so. that. Uh, and I love the idea that you've done the experiment, you've seen what it's like, you've realized, and then you've put it down and you don't ever have to put something down forever. You can just put it down for a bit and revisit it. And we do go through seasons or stages of life. And I think we go in and out of them and it depends where you are, what you're focusing on. And there's no, hard and fast rule for any of us which makes it very difficult to give advice but it's also (laughs) it's also really important (laughs) to realize that um so one of the things you said in that very initial email was like some of the ideas from the rebel entrepreneur had helped in the projects you're doing in life i'd love to know what have you been using in normal life because it might inspire all of us to think about how do we use these principles in different areas of our life not just when we're on the sales path which I do talk about a lot Mm -hmm. well I think everyone has a need for community right to build a support around you of people that like the same things you do that are in the same areas you do and I'm home especially starting at the beginning I was home with young kids I was thinking I wish there were more People, you know, I was just starting to school my own kids. I know they're out there. (laughs) How do I find them? I knew a few that I wish I could go out and my kids could be with other kids every week, that there could be more classes, more community. And I know they're out there. And I complained about it for a while um, to a friend and to my mom (laughs) until this friend said, okay, you're starting a group and I'm going to help you. And I kind of went, okay, (laughs) that was my, my, my kick in the rear to get going. Um, so I started a group and I just put the word out through Facebook, through emails, through everywhere I could. I basically came up with a structure, a plan, and then put it out there. Who's going to show up? <laughs> you know? And I, again, it's, 
if people respond, they respond. But I knew I didn't know enough people to start it just with my friends. I needed others to come. So I did that and people showed up because there was a need, there was a desire. In a way, it's like you're marketing a product, but what you're doing is bringing people together around a common interest, you know, or a common need for community, people that are in the same period of life as you. So I think it's similar to people that are, you know, super into a sport or super into a hobby and they want to find people like them, you know. So I did that and it was successful and we've been going on with that for six years. So that does pre predate, you know, me finding you. But one thing I did near the beginning of COVID, when we were listening to the beginning of Rebel Entrepreneurs, I listened to you talking about Mm. websites and websites with starting a new business and how you didn't have to have one, but if you want to have one, you just put it together and click publish. (laughs) Just click publish. (laughs) (laughs) All your stories of walking around Rebel Business School and putting publish on people's laptops. I miss those days. I do miss those days. Uh, Simon's been doing it for me. (laughs) Yeah. Like you told me, well, look over there and then, you know, hit publish on there. And I, you know, with the beginning of COVID, we were shut down and I thought, you know what, we, people aren't being able Mm. to get together, but people still need to find each other. And within my group of homeschooling families, sometimes it's just hard to find people. It's hard to find that community that people are looking for. And I knew that locally there were opportunities and people weren't finding them. Mm. And that was sad to me that people couldn't find their people, you know, their tribe or village, whatever you want to call it. And I realized through listening to your podcast that websites didn't have to be difficult or above the normal person's head. They didn't have to be expensive. So I started, I went on Wix and Weebly and put together a podcast, I mean, a website in less than a week and put all the info I knew about it on there. And then I hit publish (laughs) (laughs) and I put it out there. Now I... I, again, sent out word through Facebook, through the groups I knew, through email, and it was a community service is really what it was. I I run a group, but we don't really have to promote ourselves. We've got plenty, but I wanted people that needed us to find us, you know, that people that needed that group, needed that community. And I did eventually, uh, you know, pay for an actual URL because I needed it to the goal was that people could yes. Google search and find us. And and that having listened to you and businesses and trying to get your business found on Google, I knew that was a little tricky. You can disappear down multiple pages and people won't find you. And uh, so I worked on the SEO a little. I worked on paid for a URL and put it out there. And it's it's been going now for two years this summer. Wow. That was the be- beginning of COVID. And it's, it's, I've kept the information up to date and I, that's also why I was like, okay, I don't, this isn't going to be a huge time commitment. At the beginning, I had time to put it together. I've kept the info up to date. It's in need of a facelift. That might be one of my (laughs) projects this summer. Um, It is a little tricky when there's a little Mm. cost involved and maybe you have some advice on how to make a community service website cover its own cost, but even though if it's a minimal cost, but that was a a community service that I really believe has provided value to my local area and to people I know to just help people find each other. 
I love that. It, it, it is annoying when you're doing something and giving it away and there is a cost associated it for you, but you want to give it away. Katie and I have kind of just gone through this with the Rebel Finance School. Uh, we had a professional account with Rebel Business School and we wanted to give away this course. And this year, like we've had, I think, I think it's nearly 1,700 people have watched the first week's course. And the maximum on Zoom was 500 without paying two grand a month. They wanted two grand a month. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Um, So, yeah, we eventually found a free tool and we did it on YouTube Live and kept Zoom the same. But it is a little bit annoying because you're like, I want to give this away. I want to help people, but I also don't want to. I am financially independent. I have enough money, but I have enough money for like our life. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't necessarily want to push it to be able to give away two grand a month to Zoom, uh, to be able to run a bigger course. Um, and there are different ways to do it. I mean, my thoughts on your particular situation would be the the donation model, the give us a coffee, the mm-hmm. support the website. Like if I can get $20 a month and it's $1 a month from 20 people that supports the hosting and the website, that's all you need. And that might be a good way to do it. I think that. Yeah. I had thought this, sorry, I thought this summer of kind of doing a little, you might say a sales and marketing campaign, but in a way to gather money to support that website in a way of doing a push where I could just do it for a little while in the summer when I've got a little extra time, maybe gather enough cash to pay for the website for a year or two. I could put a donation button on the website, but kind of do a push out through my channels that I have through Facebook and email, see if I can gather a little bit of cash. It's just going to go to supporting this website. And then maybe I can be good for (laughs) two or three years. Um, Like I said, I do think there's value to it. I am also in a situation where I have to balance my responsibilities with my children at home and their needs versus community, what I'm giving back to the community. I have to balance what we get out of it. I mean, I have ideas that I'm like, oh, it'd be really great if there were more high school classes. My kids aren't in high school. So how much time am I going to put an effort towards that versus the elementary group that I run and I put quite a bit of work towards, but my kids are there they're getting the value out of it. We're getting the value out of it. So I'm getting the same value out of it that every, all the other, you know, people that come and families that come. So I, but I recognize, you know, my kids keep growing, they keep getting older and that's going to change. But I do see the value in building community. And then when you run a group like mine and you have volunteers and you, you're thinking about, to me, running volunteers in a group is very similar I think about it as employees yeah. in a way. <laughs> Running a Except you can't command them to do things. And you have to kind of ask nicely. Yeah. Yeah. They're both my, in a way, my customers mm. and my employees because <laughs> they're getting the benefit out of it like customers, but they also have to show up and work like employees. And it, it just, I have these thoughts in my head a lot. Okay. What am I asking of them? What are they getting out of it? What am I getting out of it? What's worth my time? Um, you know, we charge a little bit, but it's just dues for costs, you know, so we can reimburse costs. We try to keep the workload fair, try to make sure people are happy. You know, it's a, it's very volunteer. I've I've already run across the fact that not everybody's going <laughs> to like you, which is, 
Um, creating a community and running a community is similar to um, having a business and a product in that you can take things personally if not everyone likes you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've, I've had great, great experience with this, but it's only happened a couple times. But the first time that, you know, I don't know, you know, if you're not really in the mom and kids world, but first time that I had a, a mom and kids show up and participate and then send me an email like, we don't think this is the right atmosphere for our children. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> it took me for, it took me a few days. It took me a few days of like, okay, this is not, not personal. <laughs> it was, you know, it took me a few days to not, uh, not be like, why, you know, and um, to write just a nice, like, okay, that's great. You know, I'll wish you all the best and email response back and, and let it drop. But it bothered me. I know, you know? exactly how you feel. Um, and I think yeah, that's similar yeah. To people who start, you know, start a business and a product that they've kind of put their heart and work into. Uh, the same thing happens when you get involved with groups in the community, whether you're the creator or the participant. You put your life I and guess. soul into it. You put your energy um, into it. You put everything you're doing into it. I remember Jamie saying about artists putting their life and soul into it in the coaching series. And I think business owners do. I think community people do. I think we all throw our life and soul into it. And then when someone says they don't like it, (laughs) it can kind of hurt. I think even when you've gone past that, like you've had it many, many times, it still stings a bit. It still still is. But you've come to realize over the years you cannot please everyone. And actually, if you try to please everyone, you end up pleasing no one. You're better off like having a stronger position doing what you do and then letting other people like they'll come if they want to. And if they don't like it, they'll leave. Mm-hmm. And it's that just let them go. They're not right for you. They're not right for you. You're not right for them. And it just is what it is. You can't please everyone. But that takes some time and use getting used to it. And it does sting the first few times. It really does. Yeah, when you're doing your best, especially in a in a more volunteer. <laughs> I'm not manner, even getting paid um, for this. To what be are you doing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> to to provide like the best that you can for what you see the need and for people's wants and desire, you know, for families and kids and you're just doing your best. It, it can it can hurt a little. Uh, it's gotten better. Uh, you know, that's the communication uh, is another thing, like the emails, the communication, picking up the phone mm. and calling people is something that I know everyone hesitates about. And I'm pretty good with email. I've gotten better about <laughs> phone calls. I will say when I built that website, I wanted to put not just the people I knew, but I knew that there were classes and stuff offered within the community and I didn't, you know, not all that's on the webs on people's websites. So I thought, okay, well, I can just call the library and call museums and call the art center. And I thought, but who am I? And I said, okay, well, I've I've started a community website. So I called the library and asked for their education director, and I said, here's my name, and I have this local website for homeschoolers. And what do you have that I can put on there as a resource? I just want to promote what you do. I want to let people find you. And it, it sounded way more professional than the website that I started, <laughs> you know, but, but they were happy. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking in my head, okay, this is the educational director. They get paid to provide educational opportunities to the community. 
They want yeah. people to find them. You know, they they want people to come. If I'm helping that in a little way, they're going to like me. <laughs> Aren't they going to want to talk on the phone? So I called the art center and the library and, you know, that some museums and just asked, you know, if they offered anything during the school day that homeschoolers could participate in, you know, was their website up to date? You know, what, what information did they have? Because this, again, was during COVID, you know, are you meeting in person? Have you started offering digital things? And everybody returned my calls wow. and I left messages and were happy to talk to me. And, um, but it did feel a little bit, I wasn't selling something because I, I had to psych myself up like, okay, no, I'm, I'm providing something they're going to want to connect with people. They're not going to feel bothered by me calling them. And it worked, you know, it, it worked. And it allowed me to get, tell more people about the opportunities that are already available within our local community. Yeah, Again, just trying to if connect I, people and get out of If someone rung me up and said, Alan, I love your podcast. Is it all right if I promote it and put it on my website and share it with people? It's quite an easy answer to that one, but it still feels weird ringing people. Yes. It still feels weird, but that's okay. And I think then you've just got to find the energy to do it the first time. And I'll tell you what, it yeah. takes people to do this stuff in community, in society. It takes someone to make these things happen it just doesn't happen otherwise we can't always rely on the library to do everything we can't always rely on the government to provide us everything we have to do a bunch of it ourselves and it takes someone like you the slight rebel upstart to do something differently to mm -hmm. talk about this stuff and to bring people together and I think that's one of the most important things is talking about this stuff bringing people together and the same rebel principles apply whether you're building a community project whether you're launching a business building a podcast whatever it is and I love that you're creating this so have you had any problems along the way because it's at the moment it sounds very rosy sounds lovely uh <laughs> yeah have you had any problems along the way or has it I, all been you know unicorns and rainbows well I'm I'm not selling a product that I'm asking people money for right I'm not not promoting a product and asking for a sale, but I am asking people to show up and participate and put their time in. So I've learned that you organize something and you think it's wonderful and you put it out there and you think, well, all 30 of these people I've contacted would love to be part of this and they're all going to show up, you know? And then you realize real quick that, wait, no, that's not realistic. <laughs> <laughs> that's not real life. Asking people for their time, for their effort is in some ways similar to mm -hmm. asking for money. You know, it's people might be like, oh, that's wonderful. That's great. Yes, we should do that. And then you plan an event, say, and I've started thinking, hmm, if half the people show up, that'd be great. You know, um, RSVPs are great. People don't always follow through. So sometimes it's better to just not RSVP, not make people RSVP, just pick a percentage you think is likely, put it out there and see what happens. Uh, so it is like the people can say nice mm -hmm. things, in, similar to selling. They can say nice things to your face, but it's when people show up and participate. It's like when they get their pocketbook out and actually give you the money That's for your so product. True. So once you get your expectations realistic, then you're less likely to be disappointed. I've, I have found that over time, being an initiator is part of, you say, 
creating the life you want. If you think about what you want and what you need, I go around encouraging people now to initiate (laughs) and create. Um, Even even moms, fellow moms, because a lot of moms, they do they do have things Mm -hmm. they wish they could do or they they wish I knew someone like this or I wish my kids could do this or I wish I I was able to go do this with my friend. You know, and I tell them, like, I love what I do, but I have limited time and I wish I could plan more events. I wish I could plan more mom's night outs or whatever. But I I have to be careful about what I can max out at, you know. So I tell people, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. You should do it. <laughs> I'll tell them, like, I will happily help you promote it because I do have a circle now. I've built in a way I, I have an email list <laughs> you talk about. I've got an email list that are to me, it's local homeschool families, you know, but I've been collecting this list for a long time and it's only grown so I do have contacts and I have Facebook groups. I'm like, I can put messages out. Like, if you want to do it, you send me the info. I will help you put it out there. But I'm limited in what I can do with my time and space. But I encourage people to be initiators because it is, it's a creative work. It's, it has a fulfillment for me that's, in a way, a creative a creative fulfillment you know, in, in doing that. But I also have to guard my own time and effort and make sure I'm there for my kids and I'm schooling my kids, which is, you know, my priority. But being the initiator, being the person who creates and starts, I've, I've never regretted doing that, even things that haven't worked out. And often really good things come out of it. It's not everyone's natural bent. Um, I remember even way back in college figuring out that I, I would get to go out and do a lot more fun things if I was the person that called and said, hey, you want to go do this fun thing? Uh, so I, I may be a little more naturally inclined that way, but I believe everyone can do that, can make a decision to do what they want to do to maybe create that group or that opportunity that they'd like to be a part of. I love that. Even if it's as simple as planning a barbecue at your house and inviting everyone you can think of who's into (laughs) baseball or something, I don't know. Um, you know, it, it provides that connection and, whether it's online or in person that everybody needs in that community and deciding what you want out of life. Um, One of the things you say quite a bit is done is better than perfect. And we can certainly being a planner and an organizer, I can certainly try to make everything too perfect and get disappointed when not everyone shows up or not everyone likes it. But a lot more happens if you're willing to be okay with done and not try to make it. A lot more happens. Um, One of (laughs) Yeah. And a lot more things. I've done things like that. That was the website was getting it done, getting it out. I, I wanted to do a sale, kind of a, a, a homeschool related sale. And I thought, oh, that'd be a lot. I'm busy. I thought, wait a second. It doesn't have to be more than like a garage sale. So I picked a place, arranged a time, just basically picked a place in time, sent out the word, said, hey, if you want to show up, it's just like having your own little garage sale. You get the money, you take money from people, you bring it where it's just, it's only kids and educational related stuff. So other people that want that can come, you know, and I just sent out all the word to everybody I could and promoted it. And I showed up that day just to put on some, up some signs and bring my own stuff I was wanting to sell. And it was great. And it was minimal work on my part because I didn't try to make it too fancy too grand (laughs) but 
two grand. I, I was I realized this I could do a really simple version and it would accomplish accomplish the the goal, you know. And one of the things I did do with that sale was and I was also thinking about the the whole cold calling and that it's not a big deal to call and ask. You know, the another thing you say on your website, like just ask, it doesn't hurt. So I had to ask for a location, but I thought, you know, it'd be fun to have a coffee truck oh, wow. <laughs> show up. And I remembered a local a local business that had advertised over Facebook. They had just added a coffee truck onto their physical location. And I thought, you know, it'd be a good thing for them. They're probably not that busy. And all the moms that are here and the people coming can have coffee and they can promote their business. And I you know, it was like, I don't know if they charge, but I'm like, this wouldn't be bad for them. So I called up the business and the owner and I just said, hey, we're having this curriculum sale. It's at this time on Saturday, this location. It's be a whole bunch of moms. <laughs> Do you want to come bring your coffee <laughs> truck? Uh, I know it's a new thing and you can park your truck there and it's on a main business. It's on a main street. I'm like your car, your truck will be on the street and there are a whole bunch of moms will be there anyway to buy your coffee and promote your new coffee truck. And they said, sure. And they showed up. So I was then able to, on my emails, I sent out say, oh, and this coffee truck is going to be there. So we can all, you know, have coffee and just to make it more fun. But I just, you know, I just decided to pick up the phone and call them and it worked out. I great, love that. So. Uh, there's a few things I wanted to pick up on for everyone listening to this. Number one is for events. If you're putting on an events, you've got to be aware of show up rate. For us running Rebel Business School, it's about 50%. And we have free tickets to this event, but it's about a 50% show up rate. Because people on the day go, well, it's a free ticket. You know, I'm tired. I'll stay in bed. Um, they don't quite know what they're missing. They haven't come and it feels like a pain to go to it. And 50% for a free ticket is actually a very good show up rate. It's actually a very good show up rate. So if you're launching an mm -hmm. event, you've got to be aware that if people say yes, that doesn't mean they're actually coming. It's an unfortunate thing in our society nowadays, but that's just the way it is. And I've been guilty of it as well. It's like it's a free ticket. I've booked it. Normally I will at least email and say I'm not coming, but I will do it. Like if something happens, it's a free ticket. I'll even do it for a paid ticket. But you will get a better show up rate if you charge people because they're like, well, I've paid for this. I'm going. doesn't really matter if it's good or not. I've already spent the money. I'm going. And we've had that wrestle for years at Rebel mm -hmm. Business School. Do we charge people to get a higher show up rate or do we keep it free so that anyone could come along to the events? And we've always gone the free route, but there is a cost to that. And if it's a Facebook event, it's an even lower show up rate. <laughs> clicking yes on Facebook is countermount yeah. to clicking like sometimes. Um, you just kind of need to be aware of that. And I think it's a very important one for everyone listening to this. If you're going to put on an event, you need to get double the people you actually want to come. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. I, I've started a couple different things. And if you can get past taking it personally, <laughs> <laughs> then you, and focus on the benefits, you know, and focus on the benefits and realize that if something doesn't work, it's okay. And I've, I've had a few people, you know, they've like, well, what if we do this? or we do that? I'm like, well, we can just call and ask if we can use that location. I was like, once you realize, okay, the worst thing they can mm -hmm. say is no. And 
how bad is that? That's not that bad. <laughs> I mean, I already told you when I emailed back that I wasn't sure about doing the podcast, not having done this before or running small business or, you know, what am I even going to talk about? I thought, well, the worst thing can be that it's lousy and I get to talk with Alan and why would I turn that down? And he won't actually, he's not going to put it out on the podcast if it's lousy. So <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, that's okay. I can handle that. So, it, you know, sometimes that's helpful. And if you can think that, okay, like when you talk about people asking to start up businesses or go to new locations, like, why would they let me use that for free? Well, if you think Fred Babo says both sides of it, like, well, is there benefit mm -hmm. for them? Is there benefit for you? You know, maybe they're a community building that part of their job is to reach more of the community and let their building be used more. Maybe they're a business where you're drawing people into their business, you know, maybe like the coffee truck, like, why wouldn't they, you know, send somebody to one employee for 45 minutes to sit there and promote their business. And if it's not busy, they'll leave. You know, there's, if you think about that, when you're dealing with people, whether it's a paid situation or not, it's, you know, what's, what's the worst that can happen. I get, I even calling and asking somebody for something, they're not generally going to be rude and hang up. <laughs> you know, if they really don't want to talk to you. Maybe they won't mm -hmm. return your message. Uh, but if you want to build a community or build something that that you can put your time into and people are going to get out of, I mean, I'm certainly nicer to every everybody who organizes something that I show up to or I participate in. Because if, if someone's already has a group or has a community you want to be a part of, like even like I could go be part of the Choose FI groups that are, you know, local. I don't really have the time to put into that. But I would show up and be as mm. encouraging and helpful as I could <laughs> because, you know, encourage the people that are out there trying to promote community and connect people together. And so I would encourage everybody to do that. I've certainly been able to encourage people I know that are starting small businesses. Uh, I think a lot of people talk about when they go to start a small business that all the people around them are just discouraging or like, what are you doing? Or you're not going to, how much time is that going to take? Or you're not going to, what about quitting your job someday? What? If you can be one of those people to your friends, even if you're like me and it's not your time of life to start a business, but if you can be talking to people and be like, that's great, you know, they probably have enough critics. <laughs> you can be, you can make suggestions like, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Oh, you could use Facebook to do this. Now, if someone comes up to you, I'm like you, if someone comes up to me and says, I'm going to take a mortgage out of my house to start a small business, uh, I will be discouraging that all over the place. Have you listened to the Rebel Entrepreneur um, podcast? Maybe start there with the episode that's yes. about losing the family home. Uh. Yes, I do recommend your, your podcast regularly. I am um, trying to get my youngest sister, who keeps saying, yeah, yeah, I need to listen to that, on board. Um, but she did take my advice. She's actually was doing entrepreneurship college classes and is interested in someday starting a business, um, maybe some sort of a coffee shop. And I was trying to get her to listen to your podcast, which I think she will eventually. I'm sure she'll at least listen to this one and maybe that will get her hooked. But she was talking about, um, you know, she's still needing more experience, but she knows coffee. And I said, okay, why don't you're looking for a new job? I said, why don't you go look, work at a coffee shop that you like? Um, she lives in another state now, so I, I can't give her specifics. But I said, but when you go there, I said, start paying attention to mm -hmm. how they run their business. Like, how are they connecting with their customers? How are they promoting their business? How are they setting prices? How are they, 
you know, how are they, where are they sourcing? How are they getting people to come? What sort of atmosphere they can, you know, if you like it, pay attention to those things. Like she knows the coffee, you know, I make pay attention to how they make their business work and how they connect with their customers. I said, do that for six to 12 months and see what you think. Cause that's really what she needs. And she's definitely an experienced learner. Um, she's, she's kind of like, I'm not sure about getting this degree that this is really helping me. It's, it's literally an entrepreneurship <laughs> business degree. And I was like, I don't know. Some of it's good. Probably maybe start a business. <laughs> and I'm yeah. over here telling you, yeah, I'm like, you should just listen to this podcast. And I did tell her, it's like, you know, but when you go to start, it's like, maybe you should think about like a coffee cart. Cause that's not a big investment. Mm-hmm. You know, you could probably save up the money to do a coffee cart. You could find events. You could set up a booth at a wedding expo, you know, where, where brides and grooms come and they look for photographers and, you know, maybe you could do weddings and, and just to get her mind thinking, cause she's a lot younger than I am and she's single and not married and no kids and is still just coming out of college and needs that experience. But I think a lot of people are kind of like, shouldn't you just get your college degree? Which I, I'm not discouraging her from doing that at all. I'm definitely come from a college degree oriented family, but I just wanted, you know, I'd take the chance to steer her, you know, a little bit in, in the wiser direction. And, and this idea that she could experiment, she could start something small and see where it went. So that's, that's the type of person I would like to be to those who are around me wanting to start small businesses or have side hustles rather than the person that's always, you know, tearing them down or shooting holes. <laughs> there is in enough ideas. people that will tell you what won't work. There are very few people who tell you what, like, try it. It might work. Try it without risk. Here's how to do it. So I love that. The purpose of doing this episode was because I wanted people to see that the same skills starting a business apply to building a community, organizing your life. It's the same skills. And one of the things you said earlier, which I loved, is like you have an email list for the community. You have an email list. Like you can reach people, you can organize things, you can communicate. You've been that initiator. And I think the world needs more initiators to build things. That's what it needs more of. You said about the mums who say, I wish we could have this or I wish we'd have that. Part of me wants to go to them and go, stop wishing, stop doing it, stop wishing. And <laughs> you probably heard the expression uh, that I have. People say, oh, I'd hope this would happen or I'd hope that was happen. And I go, there is no hope. Like stop hoping and start <laughs> doing. And I think that would be one of the best messages I'd love people to take out of this is I don't care what's missing in your life, whether it's a community project, whether it's a restaurant, whether it's a type of food, whether it's a business, whether it's a holiday, whether it's a group of friends, like stop wishing it was there and start mm-hmm. making it happen because it just doesn't happen without you doing it. Now it can get tiring if you're the only one around you that initiates all the time. And I have that, like after a certain mm-hmm. period, we run an event and I've been planning everything and I've been initiating for two weeks. And then someone says, where are we going for dinner tonight? <laughs> I want to snap at them and say, you decide. Uh, I've done my bit now. Um, but you still come back to it. Nothing happens without you initiating. I think it's so critical. Well, it can be, 
it can be scary to put yourself out there. I mean, it's if you're more initiating minded, if you're, I don't know if you're more extroverted or more, it's scary for everyone to put themselves out there. And, but that's where good things happen, you know? And, and if you are the one who's willing to put yourself out there and, you know, as you say, step beyond your comfort zone, step beyond your comfort zone, even a little bit, try it, you know, usually you're going to be happy you did. I just, there's been many times even before this that I've stepped outside of my comfort zone and I've, you know, never regretted it. So to try something new, to go somewhere new, to do something new. And even if you're like me, you know, people are like, you're stay at home mom and you spend most of your time schooling your kids. And that seems very, you know, stereotypical, but really all of us have some extra time and all of us have things we'd like to be able to do or have part of our lives. And, you know, I love my life. I love being home with my kids. I love schooling them. I love my in way, very stereotypical life, but I like to be able to be creative and be involved in the community too. And that's brings a lot of fulfillment to me as well. I've gotten a lot better at knowing where my limits are. So when we do sit down with other people in my community and everyone's like, we can do this and we could do this and we could do that. People throw out a lot of ideas. I write them all down and I've stopped thinking, okay, I have to be the one to fulfill all these ideas. You know, I have to be the one to always be the planner. I have to be the one to always be the doer. It, it doesn't work that way. Now I have like, I have a co-leader for the main group and she's kind of, I guess, like <laughs> Simon, you know, she's, <laughs> her and I run the group like you and like you and Simon, uh, she's my, my encourager and I'm hers and we have our different strengths um, to get things done. But a lot of times, you know, I've done things on my own and, and I see a lot of needs um, I definitely try to recruit people when I see needs. So that's good. But it's again, it's encouraging people to try to do things as well on their own, things that they would like to see happen. And, you know, things that also benefit me. Like I've had a couple of people I've known that were teachers and were retiring. And so I've gone to them and said, hey, you thought about offering classes <laughs> out of your home? Have you thought about, you know, they were full time teachers and they're obviously very experienced. Uh, said, hey, you know, the one was a retiring art teacher said, have you thought about offering homeschool classes for those people that are homeschooling out of your home? And she was like, huh, do you think that would work? So I talked with her back and forth about what I thought people would pay in the structure and what I thought would work. And it's been three years now that she offers weekly art classes, group art classes awesome. at her home. And my kids, but see, my kids get to take them. That's one of the reasons I wanted to do that. <laughs> my kids are artistic and I am not. So I was seeing a need that was for me, but also for my community. And now my kids get to take, you know, reasonably priced group art lessons from someone who actually knows what they're doing. <laughs> and that's great. But I just, the more that happens, the more I'm encouraged to do that more and always have an eye open for opportunities. I think that's brilliant. So. You've helped someone else set up a business that you wanted to use. <laughs> I think that's, that's fantastic. I love that. <laughs> so look, before we wrap up and sort of get to the closing thoughts and comments, is there anything you want to ask? Is there anything you want to tell the other rebel entrepreneurs listening? Uh, what are, what last thoughts do you have, Melissa, before we get to the closing remarks? Um, I guess I would just encourage everyone to, if you, if you have an idea through this podcast that you see a need that you're thinking of a business, that maybe if you see a need that might not be a business, but would benefit you in your life, think about what you might be able to do. And maybe it's not even you doing it, but maybe it's recruiting someone like, like I did with a retiring <laughs> art teacher to say, Hey, you ever thought about doing this? 
because that's turned, I've done that more than once and that's turned out really well. And usually there's other people out there that want a lot of the same things you do. And maybe they're not willing to put themselves out there or initiate. And if you can get past it, taking it personally, if something doesn't work out, if you do a mini experiment and it doesn't, you know, put an idea out there and the whole world doesn't respond. Um, if you see the good that comes out of it, it's worth it. So, and it can do go a lot long way towards creating a life and bringing happiness to you and fulfillment to you and to other people. You know, it's kind of serving both ways, serving others and serving yourself. And that happens through a business, but it also can easily happen when it's not quite, quite, quite time to be doing a business. Well, there doesn't have to be a monetary exchange for both people to benefit. Like you can win, I can win, no. we can have a good conversation, things can happen, people learn. It doesn't have to be money that exchanges hands. And the skills that we talk about on this podcast can be applied to anything, absolutely anything. And I really appreciate you coming on the show, sharing the thoughts and ideas. And my hope is... And I should probably stop hoping, but I don't have direct access to everyone who listens. So <laughs> my hope is that yes. you take this and go, okay, I am missing a community group for this. I'm missing a board games group in my town. I'm missing a Choose FI group for finances, and I'm going to be the one who builds it. Or there is a Choose FI group, but there's no meetups in the group. Be the one who puts it on. Be the initiator. Be the spark be the person that builds this thing and use all the same all the same tools build a free website build an email list invite people along expect to show a lower show up rate market it sell <laughs> ask make it happen but the spark the spark the fire the initiation to build anything comes from you so my challenge to everyone listening is to be the spark this week. Go and set something on fire. Not really. You know what I mean. Like, be the spark. Don't actually go and commit arsony. That's not what I'm saying. Be the spark in your community that brings people together and make things happen. It all starts with you in every area of life. You can have any life you want to. Choose to build something cool. Choose to take action. Choose to work to make your dreams become reality. Stand out. Be different. Be yourself. Be a rebel entrepreneur.